risky to be had for the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but it's always good to listen to the voice of God. If you have a Bible with you, I want you to hear the voice of God. You ready? That's the voice of God. That's God's word. When you read it, when you hear it, you're hearing the voice of God. I always like to, when the Bible tells us, how many of you want to be wise? Raise your hand. Because the opposite is being foolish. Don't nobody want to be there. So I should have 100% of hand support, okay? I want to get you ready for this message now. It's coming. It's coming. It's just like when, you know, being a Puerto Rican in Philadelphia, whenever the dinner time was set, Dad had a whistle one time. Because if he had a whistle twice, I might miss the meal. You know, and they really labored to do that. They put the sofrito, they put all that stuff together. And if you're, you know, some of you Hispanic, oh, I see a Hispanic lady in the crew. She knows what I'm talking about. We do everything with seasoning. How many of you know God wants to season us? This is the season, but we know the reason for the season. It's not food. It's not gifts. It's not celebration. It's Jesus is the reason for the, okay, I'm talking to the right crowd. I'm getting you warmed up because I'm coming. But here's the thing. As I came to church this past Sunday, I, I tend to sit over here in the hallelujah section over here. We, we get loud. We, we raise hands. We, you know, we just have a good time. Um, I have two messages to preach. So I had to listen to what was being said, and one of Pastor Billy made a confirmation because he spoke about what was on his heart. And he spoke about Abraham, if you remember. How many of you were here? Okay. And I had two messages. I, I could share a message about how to deal with stress. I had a title of a message, Let Go and Let God. And that's how you deal with stress. That will be at another time when I share that. Because the second message is titled, Abraham, Pioneer of Faith. And that's what you're going to hear tonight. Uh, let's just take a moment and just, Father, we invite your presence. Uh, God, I, I'm, just, I'm just a mouthpiece today. You have delivered the message. You put it in your word. You breathed on it and gave it life. And, uh, and I ask you to anoint me, God, and, and speak through me and get Dominic out the way and let you have your way in our, in our service today. Bless the hearers of the word of God this evening. And may they not only hear it, oh, God, but let them be doers of it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, let me go back to the sacred desk. It's sacred because the Word of God is here, because God has established that through preaching, through the foolishness sometimes, that men would hear the Word of God and receive Christ and be saved. Well, did you pass out all the handouts, Terry? Everybody got a handout? Okay, we're going to pass those out, make sure everybody's got those. Now, see, I'm going to do preaching, and I'm going to do teaching. 
So if they need pens, make sure they have them because they got these lines on these papers. That means you got three fillings. Now, let me just read this first portion. Uh, I want to read the, 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 the main text that we're going to look at tonight. It's in the book of Genesis. Genesis is the book of beginnings. It's the first book because it talks about the beginning. It talks about Adam and Eve, the first man, first woman that God created. It talks about God trying to reach out and, and have relationship with us. And, and if you notice the first 11 chapters, a lot of stuff is happening. You hear about a guy named Adam, then the next thing you hear about the people, you know, men lived over 900 years. And you got to remember this now, Adam was one, Eve was one, but then eventually they became a large multitude of people to the point where they, instead of them acknowledging God, they became wicked and evil. And God says, I'm done with y'all. And then he had to find this guy named Noah. And Noah found what? Grace. And God spared Noah and his family, which were eight people, and killed everybody else. <laughs> Look, don't, don't make God angry. I'm not, this is not a Christmas message now. I'm just telling you, I'm just trying to keep it real. But this is a message that we can all profit from if we listen to what the Word is saying. So let me just catch you up. I'm doing the appetizer, and then I'm getting ready to hit the first course. And as we get to Noah, God found grace, and God said, I will not destroy the earth ever again through water. And today we have a symbol a sign of that, we call it the Noatic Covenant, and the symbol of that is the rainbow. God will never destroy the earth again by water. Okay? I mean, that's powerful. Imagine if you ever saw the movie Poseidon and all them people drowning, just picture that uh, about a million times over. That's what was happening back then. Um, it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Now, I want you to know, I didn't grow up in church. I, 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 I really can only say one thing. I thank God for the prayers of my mother. I had a praying mama. At this time of the year, this was our favorite time of the year. Because this is the year that we celebrated Christmas. And, and in my family, that celebration meant we got to eat Puerto Rican meat pies. We call them pasteles. We got to have some things called sweet rice, arroz con dulce, we call it in Spanish. And that has some raisins in it, some cinnamon in it. It's a beautiful, oh, man, it tastes delicious. It just, it's got sweet condensed milk. It's got, I mean, I'm trying to get your appetite ready for this message now. Is it, is it really impacting you already? Okay. All right, so I, I can stop the appetizer, okay. But here's where I want to get at. I want to talk about Abraham, pioneer of faith. Let me read the Abrahamic covenant. See, God, when he makes a promise, how many of you have heard the presidential theme? Promise made, promise 
Okay, some of you have been hearing President Trump's message when he speaks to make America great again. That's one of his main themes. How many of you know he didn't originate that? He he wasn't the guy that started that. How many of you know God made a promise and he kept it? Who's the original promise keeper? Oh, somebody's listening. I'm glad. Let's read this covenant. Abrahamic covenant. Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 3. The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Verse 2, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. Last part of verse 3, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. I want you to say that with me. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Now, when we look at that, I gave you some notes, and I, I try to give you a, what the content of the Abrahamic covenant's about. It's about two commands and five promises. Okay? And the two commands are real simple. Leave your country. Leave your relatives. Leave your papa's house, your daddy's house. Leave home. That's the first commandment in the Abrahamic covenant. Why was that significant? Well, that's because Abraham's father, a guy by the name of Terah, you'll find him in chapter 11, he was known as a pagan worshiper. He worshiped other gods. How many of you know God will not share his worship with any other god? Now, I'm going to move. I'm going to shout. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to look you in your face and tell you about this important message called Abraham, a pioneer of faith. When I was growing up, I saw things that I should not have seen at my age. If you've been through an orphanage, which I was, been through an orphanage on Philadelphia's waterfront, St. Vincent's Orphanage for Children in South Philly. Spent about a year and a half there. I also was in a was in a foster home among my own people, Hispanic people. And they beat me with a shoe and they put and they tortured me with uncooked rice. I had to kneel down on uncooked rice and watch the watch the wall while my favorite television show was being played, which was Batman and Robin back in then black and white. And they said, Tow, you know, some of y'all some of you that got gray hair like me, y'all can remember the black and white cartoons. Okay, so I went through that difficult period of life. Then I recall being sent to my grandfather in Puerto Rico, and he was a heathen, just to put it bluntly. He went to hell when he died. My grandfather beat me with a water hose in front of the whole community because of a false accusation. 
And that false accusation was that I stole something. I had not, I did not steal it. My sister and my cousin stole that person's, uh, you know, automobile uh, equipment, wrenches and so forth. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. I could have been a person filled with a lot of rage. Mm -hmm. And I could have been justified in my rage. How many of you know there's a reason why we got to leave the the past behind? Because the past got a lot of baggage. Some of it was done to us. Some of us, we did. I was a gang leader in the streets of Philadelphia. That's why if you look at my face, I got scars. They are reminders of a past that I'm not too proud of. But I want to hear, I want you to hear this. I had a praying moment. Man, where I should have really gotten in deeper trouble, where I should have really gotten hurt real bad, God spared me. See, Abraham is a pioneer. He had to leave home. Because God had a plan for his life, and his home was filled with a lot of bad stuff. Because not only were they pagan worshipers, which means they didn't believe in God, but in other gods, they sacrificed their children to those gods. They had temple prostitutes and did a lot of violent things. It was a bad place to be. See, how many of you know God looks at each of our lives And he sees the end of our life before we can even see the beginning. God knew this day would come. God knew you'd be in the house of God today. God knew that I would deliver this message about Abraham, a pioneer of faith. So we got to leave the past and and go to where God wants us to go. How many of you know where God guides, he will provide? That might be something worth writing down. Where God guides, he provides. All right. I want to get to the substance of what I'm sharing here. Again, you have to go where God says. How many of you know that this is a good example of the Christian life? We can't live in our sin past. You know what the definition is of sin? We use the... I went to Bible college and grad school and even got a doctorate. That's a lot of years of study. Ooh, bloody papers in college. They called me Bloody Rodriguez. I had the most red marks in my paper. That's what they called me. Thank God my professor was kind. And that he was an English major. And he said, Dominic, this is why you're messing up. And if you get good instruction, eventually with practice, you get better. And I got better. And I want to tell you something. When I look at the life of Abraham, he for us is a perfect role model because Abraham had flaws. Dominic has flaws. Guess what? All of you have flaws. But guess what? God uses flawed people. Hallelujah. Because God is saying, look, I want relationship with you. I want to have a love relationship with you. I don't know about you, but I, I thank God my wife overlooked my flaws. I thank God that my wanda said, I'm, I'm going to still marry that man. He talks too much. 
He's got too much pride in him. I mean, she was raised in Pentecostal church, holiness. I Me, mean, I was raised in North Philly, Huntington Park, you know, Erie Avenue, running wild, running crazy. But, you know, God had a plan. So here's what I'm trying to get you to see. We need to always leave the sin past and go. And this is a faith journey because guess what God told him? Go to a place that he was going to show him, that he was going to guide him to. And he was going to leave what he knew, what was comfortable, to go to a place he had never seen. Okay? Now, in your first fill-in, I want you to write, listen to God's voice daily. See, because he's a great role model for us. He's a pioneer of faith. And before we can obey God, we have to understand what God wants from us. So we got to listen to God's voice. Are you listening to God's voice? Are you listening to the word of God? Many different voices to listen to who want to distract or deceive us from accomplishing God's purpose. Let me give you two biblical examples. There was once a man in the Old Testament, in the book of Joshua. This guy, his name was Achan. Now, Achan heard the Joshua say what to do. But guess what Achan did? Achan didn't listen to the man of God and was greedy and got himself some clothes and some silver and some gold. And the people of God suffered in the next battle. They, some of them were killed at AI. And then the Holy Ghost said, look, uh, let's pass everybody and pass in review. I, I, I think we have someone that's a lawbreaker. I think we got somebody that's caused trouble for the nation. How many of you know sometimes your sin is going to impact a lot of people in a bad way? Hmm? How many holes does it take to pop a balloon? One. And it affects the whole balloon. It could be a large balloon. It could be a pretty balloon. But one hole, pop, pops the whole balloon. Well, Achan was that one person that popped the nation of Israel. What he did was he disobeyed God. And for that disobedience, for not listening to the voice and then doing what the word of God said, doing what the man of God said, he was stoned. Not only was he stoned, his whole family was killed right alongside him. How many of you know misery loves company? Man, I don't want to be a part of that party where they're stoning me to death. But that's what happens when you don't listen to the voice of God. There was another one. This person, he had a very wise wife. Her name was Abigail. Now listen, God speaks to wives too, guys. So don't get offended. Don't get upset. Sometimes I thank God for a praying wife who gives me a word of counsel. And, I'm, and thank God that I got enough sense to listen and obey. Well, guess what? Abigail told her husband, Nabal, uh, you, you, need, you need to be kind to David. You need to bless David. Nabal said, I ain't going to do that. Well, David and his people came, and they were about ready to take Nabal out. But Abigail went ahead and 
provided supplies and relief because they were protecting their sheep. But guess what God did to Nabal? He died. Folks, it's terrible to not listen to the voice of God. Are you getting what I'm trying to tell you? I hope I'm not scaring anybody. Let me just tell you this, and then I'm going to move on to point number two. Because at the end of the day, what I really want you to do is don't listen to your culture, because the culture is screaming right now in America. America is a divided nation. We're divided religiously. We're divided politically. We're divided racially. And we're becoming more divided. So we are God's instrument to bless this nation. So listen to what God would tell you to how to bless the nation. Praying is one way. Witnessing is another way. Doing acts of kindness is another way. Ministering to the, to the, to the needy, to the homeless, that's another way. All right, so listen to God's voice. Now, taking Abrahamic covenant, taking it a little further, now we get to this verse number two. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. Let me tell you something. Was Abraham blessed of God? Yes. Was Abraham famous? Yes. He's still famous today. Did Abraham, through his life, bless others? Yes, he did. I mean, he, he protected and he rescued his nephew, Lot, who chose materialistically, I want to live over here where it's a better land. And then that land was closer to a place called Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, uh, y'all, y'all done heard about Sodom and Gomorrah, right? I mean, it's a bad place. Wicked, wicked, evil place. And they get attacked. Lot gets caught up in that trap. And then one of the servants came and told Abraham, and Abraham rescued his nephew Lot. So he blessed others. And at the same token, Abraham was a mighty intercessor. He prayed for Sodom and Gomorrah to get right with God. He asked God, would you just spare for 50, for 40, for 30? God's heart is to that none should perish. But then God said, enough is enough. Folks, we live in a time where people are becoming more ungodly. I I don't know. I'm I'm 60 years old. Uh, I guess now I'm qualified as a senior somewhat. Don't feel like a senior. Hope I don't look too much like a senior. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying I don't want to look old. I still want to have pep in my step. I still want to do what I do in the good way. But here's what I've learned in this second point. Loyalty to God first. If there's one thing about Abraham, he was a pioneer. He was loyal to God first. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you the test. He failed one test. As soon as God gives him that that covenant, the very same chapter, he's he's obeying God. He's leaving his country. He's going towards the promised land. He gets around a place called Egypt, and the first thing he does, failed test of loyalty to God. 
Fear gripped his heart. Let me tell you something. You want to know when you're really struggling as a Christian? When fear is greater in your heart than faith. Fear will make you a liar. Uh, That's for somebody in the room to hear. Fear will make you a liar. Now notice what I'm going to tell you. Abraham loved his wife. But do you know what, something? Abraham loved himself more. Because here's what Abraham did. He said, Sarah, you're beautiful. You're gorgeous. And, and Sarah, uh, we're getting ready to go to Egypt. And if you tell them I'm your husband, guess what them Egyptians going to do? Because you're beautiful. They're going to kill me. I don't want to die. So tell them you're my sister. That's in the book, folks. That, that's in the book. And that's, <laughs> read it. It's in there. So here's a man who's the pioneer of faith. He's the role model. He failed the loyalty test to God first because he was about self-preservation at that time. He lied. Well, let me just, let me, let me clarify. He told the half-truth because Sarah was related to him in a way, you know. But she was also his wife. Are you hearing me? Look, I die for my queen. You come into the Rodriguez house, I will use all the skills I got. If you come to do harm and you didn't come correct, you were not invited, you in trouble. Because I know how to kill people with five pounds of pressure. That's not something I advertise as a pastor. Don't want to tell that. But I, I was trained in the special forces in the military. I do know how to defend myself. I may be old now. I might be a little slow, but hey, hey, when they come to protect my household, I'm going to die for my home. How much more for God? I'm willing to lay it all down for him. That should be the attitude of every Christian. There is nothing that should compete with the loyalty of God first. Look, let me tell you. I had family members who, uh, when I became a Christian, here's what my family members told me. We were having a house party. And we were all dancing salsa, and I walked into that room, and I had just been saved. And the first thing they told me, loyalty to God first now, I want you to hear this now. They said, hey, cuz, I heard you got religious. Why don't you drink some of this? Why don't you smoke some of this? Why don't you do I said, no, no, no. And they made fun of me. They mocked me. You know, for a Hispanic man, once you question their manhood, that machismo thing come out and you want to get angry, I just had to walk away. I had to let the Lord deal with that. I even had a cousin that told me, I bet you couldn't make it in the military. Still to this day, I'm waiting for Cousin Bo to pay me that $100. I ain't seen it. But guess what? My loyalty to God comes first. Abraham failed that test initially. But then Abraham, thank God that he's the God of another chance. I don't know about you, but I have not lived a perfect life. I have made mistakes. I have sinned and repented. But Abraham got another chance. A few years later, quite a few years later, matter of fact, because he also failed again. Here's his greatest failure. You want to know Abraham's greatest failure? 
He didn't wait when God gave him that promise and the covenant. He wanted to help God along with his plan. Ten years later, he was 75 when he got that promise. Man, let me tell you, God giving you five promises, cinco promises, five promises, and God is a God that can do everything but fail. I mean, God is a God of miracles. God is a God of almighty power, and he's given you five promises. He's made a covenant with you, and he also guaranteed it by himself. Genesis 17, he walks through the sacrifices, the torch, symbolic of God's own. I guarantee it myself. Look, when you get a guarantee from God, you said, are you hearing me? You You have a guarantee from God. He says, I promise to bless you. Hold on to that promise. Well, Abraham held on to the promise, all right. Ten years went by, and he had, a, he had his wife. Sometimes them relatives, I'm telling you, his wife said, look, 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 I, I'm, I'm, I'm too old for children. I'm barren. And if you understand the biblical culture, a barren wife means that you was cursed as a woman, that you couldn't have children. So she was tired of that stigma of that rep, reputation. So what did she do? Said, look, you know, Abraham, God made all them promises to you. You've been waiting on it, honey, but you know what? I'm going to help. Let's help God's plan. Let's send you Hagar so that Hagar produced Ishmael. And let me tell you, we ain't had peace ever since. (laughs) I'm just telling it like it is. So here's the thing. We got to listen to God's voice first. The second point is we've got to be loyal to God first. Loyalty, just like your character, will be tested. Well, Abraham failed twice. He failed in offering his wife up to the Egyptian leader, the king. He failed when he had relations with Hagar instead of waiting on God's promise, which was through his wife. But then here's, here's where Abraham wins. Hallelujah. God did a miracle. 100-year-old man, 90-year-old wife. I mean, picture that in your mind. Do the math. 100 years old, 90-year-old wife, and she has a son at 90. That's why they call him Isaac, which means laughter. I mean, it was a funny experience. And all this mother around. Had a baby. (laughs) She had a baby. Abraham looked at the baby and said, that's a promise from God. I got my promise. Then a few years went by. The baby was now in in the Hebraic culture, the Jewish culture. When you become 13, you become a man and you do a bar mitzvah. When he was coming of age to be a man, God says, hey, I want you to get some wood. I want you to go to Mount Moriah, sacrifice your son. Loyalty tests, are you going to put God first? Well, you know what? Abraham realized, you know what? God ain't never failed me. I know I've messed up. Let me try God. He said, Isaac, let's go. Now, Isaac was a sharp, sharp guy. He said, Dad, where are we going? We're going to Mount Moriah to offer sacrifice. Okay, Dad, we got the wood. Dad, uh. We're not bringing sheep. Dad, um, where's the sacrifice? I see you got your helpers. 
that when they got to the place where they were going to do the sacrifice, Abraham said, son, I'm going to put you on the altar. I'm going to tie you up. Loyalty to God first. But here's what, what I want you to get. God wanted to see if Abraham could believe him when he put him first. That God either could resurrect his son or that God would intervene somehow. Well, you know what God did? God tested him, and as he raised that knife to plunge it into his son, God said, stop. Your faith is believed for righteousness. I know that you would not, that you would not spare your son. Your loyalty test of putting me first, you've passed with flying colors now, Abraham. Get that boy off that altar. And by the way, there's a ram right there in the thicket. Bring it and sacrifice that. Folks, God values loyalty. Let me tell you the best phrase that best describes that to me. God is faithful. Three words. God is faithful. His character is faithful. He's a faithful God. His promises are faithful and true. We can trust God. We can have faith in God who is faithful. Abraham learned that. And he never forgot it. So let's get back to the third point that I want you to write in your note taker. Leave a legacy of faith. I got to read this to you. This third feeling, leave a legacy of faith. What will your friends and loved ones remember about your views and values of your life. Abraham is remembered as a friend of God. Mm. His actions and words exposed his belief in God, and he left a legacy of faith for the world to see. Now, I want you to get this. Abraham... Here's the legacy he left. He showed us that we could live this life with flaws and failure and make mistakes. But if we put our trust in God, if we put God first, God will take care of the rest. Here's how he's remembered today. He's remembered as a friend of God. He's remembered, I want you to get this. The name Abraham means father of a multitude of nations. Let me tell you how I want you to see the legacy of faith. Physically, his first child is Ishmael. Ishmael produced the Arab nations, and the Arab nations eventually produced the Muslim religion, which is still alive and well today. Another son that came physically through his loins, this one through his wife Sarah, at 90 years of age, produced a son named Isaac. Isaac would become one of the patriarchs, along with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they have a religion called Judaism, which has been around for thousands of years. But then there's this third, nations also mean people. 
Then there's this third nation that came out of Abraham. Didn't come physically. But this nation, oh man, this nation is a nation that came by faith. We call them Christians today. He's the pioneer of faith. God used one man to impact a multitude of nations. I want you to get why it's important to remember Abraham, this pioneer. I'm going to read some scripture, and then I'm going to leave you with a challenge and return it over to Pastor. I want you to know that in Romans, Romans, I'm going to go to Romans chapter 4, starting at verse 17. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation because it, when I looked at all the other translations and I wanted to bring this message, this one best fit what I wanted to get across. This is what the scripture means when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. Okay? Now looking at verse 20. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promises. In fact, his faith grew stronger and in this he brought glory to God. He was finally convicted that God is able to do whatever he promised. I mean, when you're 100 years old and you got a baby, hey, God can do whatever he promised. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. Now, get this, because God said in one of the promises he's going to bless others. It was recorded for our benefit, too, assuring us that God would also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Folks, we can, we can connect with the heritage of Abraham by faith, believe God. Now, I want you to know there's this other passage I want to talk to. It's called Galatians. And in Galatians, I, I love the way they describe it. Galatians chapter 3, starting at verse 6. Here's what it says. In the same way, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of God, then, are those who put their faith in God. You hear that? The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. What more, the scripture looks forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles, that's us, we're not Jewish. You know, we were one-time Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith. Now we're Christian. And God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. I'm going to take you to another verse, verse 29. And it says in verse 29, And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are heirs, and God promised to Abraham belongs to you. God promises to bless you. God promises for you to... He blessed by the seed of Abraham, which one day came. You know, when, when, when God formed Adam, it was, it was at 4,000 years before the birth of Christ. That's what historians say. 2,000 years later, God brought Abraham 
on the scene. 2,000 years from that, God brought Jesus on the scene. Now, if you read the, the Gospel of Matthew, which is written to, the, to minister to the Jews, the first verse tells you Jesus' bloodline. There's two distinct characteristics. Son of Abraham, son of David. So here's Jesus, the greatest blessing of the Abrahamic covenant, that by faith all the promises that Abraham received, we have it now by faith. God will fight your battles for you. Those people that, that, that do you ugly, God will deal with them. I'm reminded of a time I was in the military, and I had a commanding officer who I was on the general staff. General Gregory H. Power was my commander, Omaha, Nebraska, off at Air Force Base. And chief of staff was a black colonel, and he knew I was a minister. He knew I was a preacher. So the big community event was the air show. So he, he had heard the weather was going to be bad. So he, he walks up to me three days before the air show and said, Hey, Master Sergeant Rodriguez, uh, I know you were passed. I need you to get a hold of God. We don't want the air show to get canceled. General doesn't want to look bad. We put too much money in it. And he was asking for all the carnal reasons. But God said that we would be a blessing to others. And that's the Abrahamic covenant. We were a blessing to others. So I said, you know, God has the power to bring rain. I'm going to, I'm going to believe that if that's the will of God, I'll, I'll pray. And I prayed. Next thing you know, we had a sunny Three hours, the whole three hours of the air show that year was sunny. When the air show was over, half hour later came a deluge, a downpour. So guess what the chief of staff, the colonel, did? He went and gave me favor. He told the general, hey, Master Rodriguez prayed and the rain stopped. I can't take the credit for that. That was just God being true to his promises. He blessed them. But here's what happened. A, a few months later, my commander, the general's my boss, my commander. I work for my commander who works for the general. So I'm two steps from the general. Now, this is a true story. My boss was an atheist. He didn't believe in God at all. And when he knew I was a pastor and I had my Christian radio station, I listened to my Christian music, he didn't want to hear none of that. But look at what God does for his children. He said, you know, Sergeant Rodriguez said, you consider retirement. Sergeant Rodriguez, I don't believe in God. Sergeant Rodriguez, um, you work here. You're in the office of of the equal opportunity, and you're supposed to be defending religious discrimination. I said, let me ask you something, sir. That works two ways. If a, if a witch comes in here and her religion is being violated, as much as it, I hate it, and, and I'm going to be prepared for the, by the Lord before I minister to that lady, I mean talk to that lady or guy, 
to protect their right to practice their religion so they won't be discriminated. I have every right as a Christian to do the same thing for me, for my faith. Well, you know what? He didn't like that. So he looked at me and says, I don't know if I can have you working in this office. So here's what I had to do. The loyalty test, okay? Putting God first. Hey, you know what I had to do? I went home that day. Took a slow ride that day. I didn't go home quick. I took my time. Because how am I going to approach Wanda and my children are in high school? My babies are living at home. And I'm not really ready to retire. I went home and I told Wanda, I said, my commanding officer is a God hater. And God has said that where he guides, he will provide. God has been faithful to me from the time I've been a Christian. Matter of fact, he's been more faithful to me than I've been faithful to him, if I'm going to be honest. I told my wife, I'm going to go to the bedroom and cry out to God. Because I need to be strong when I confront this commander the next day. See, I'm going to tell you something. You know where my courage comes from? My courage comes from that God is, is leading my life. My courage comes knowing that God is for me. Who shall dare be against me? I want you to hear that. My wife told me, honey, whatever decision you make, I'll support you. That's what I needed to hear. How many of you know you wives can bless your husbands when you say, I support what you're doing for God? You can also be a cancer like Job's wife was when she said to Job, curse God and die. That's not good advice, brothers. Don't listen to a wife like that. Mm -mm. And if she ain't going to act like that, put her in her place. Hey, I love y'all. got to tell the truth. Now, I went to that commanding officer the next day. I don't want to tell you his name, but I'll tell you his initial, Major V. I'll leave it at that. Major V, when I went into his office, I said, sir, uh, I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor, um, and I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm actually going to file a complaint against you for denying me my, my religious freedom as a Christian. I went to the typewriter, and I, and I type real slow. If any of you know me, I'm low-tech to no-tech. I'm hunting peck, bam. Typed his name, typed the complaint. He comes out of his office. He's hearing that hunting peck going on. He comes by. And then, and then you know, just like the enemy, just like the devil, you know, he, he's just coming over my, my back shoulder. He's reading my complaint. I mean, no privacy at all. Just as by the, you know, just like a roaring lion, just like they do, they roar. But that's all they can do because they can't eat you. They can't attack you because God's protecting you. God's got you. So when I finished typing that up, and I was about ready to sign, Master Sergeant Rodriguez, you need to come to the office. You need to come to my office now. So do you know what you're about ready to do? You're going to possibly end my career because if that complaint gets filed and I'm the culprit, the commander, the, the general's going to fire me because I'm supposed to be fair to everybody, even Christians. I said, sir, I told you. Well, you know what happened? Here's what happened. I'm about ready to close. See, God keeps his covenant to you. 
God honors his word. Folks, believe the word of God. Stand on it. Even when you see adversaries from all over, even when it don't feel right, because it's not about feeling, it's about faith. Come on, somebody. And at that very moment, I st- <laughs> he said, uh, we got to come to an agreement. I said, well, sir, I wanna, want you to know that I want to stay in the office. I want to play my music. And I want us to be able to work together. He said, okay, Pastor Ari Rodriguez, you're serious about it. So tear up the complaint. We'll have no problems. The very next thing that happened was, he said, your, your evaluation's coming in a couple of months. See, the enemy always tries to backdoor you. Well, guess what God did in those two months before the final evaluation? Well, I got all the awards. I got senior NCO of the quarter for the whole base of 12,000 people. I was the top, top senior NCO, top sergeant. And guess what? The general had him present me the trophy. <laughs> That's just God, folks. Then I got the customer service champion award. And the general in staff meeting asked him to present it to me again the second time. And then just like God, he put the cherry on top of the ice cream right there, on top of the triple scoop of vanilla, put that cherry on top. This is what he did for the third time. Headquarters Air Force. There ain't no higher headquarters in the Air Force than the headquarters Air Force. The headquarters Air Force had selected me to write the promotion exam for my whole, the whole career field, for my whole professional career. So I got handpicked, and they flew me to San Antonio, Texas. I spent a month writing the exam. I came back the most decorated senior old master sergeant. And when he wrote my evaluation, he could only write the truth because the general was overseeing that. I'm just telling you, just like Abraham, where God guides, he will provide. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. you got to listen to God's voice. I had a cry in my bedroom in, in Bellevue, Nebraska, before all of that happened. I had to listen to God and make sure God had given me the peace to endure what I was going to endure. Because it wasn't going to be one day. It was going to be several months of torture. But I'm here to say, I'm here to proudly testify, God is faithful. But then here's the other part. I had to choose loyalty. Am I going to be loyalty to my career, or am I going to be loyal to God? Because here's the bottom line. It's point number three. I want to leave a legacy of faith that my children and my grandchildren, they're going to say, Papa, love Jesus. And all these little testimonies, i got to write them out in a book. i got to take some of my military pictures and put it in there so I can tell the story about a great Savior that saved and, and allowed me to have the life that I've had. Well, I think it's time for you to be blessed. We're going to have our pastor close because we understand the pioneer of faith. Abraham did his work. And today we're all blessed because of his seed of Jesus Christ. Pastor, if you'll come.